This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man Jermaine Showtime Stone, aka the Wolf of Wine, aka the Czar Vibes, aka Young Thanos. So I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. And this is one of them ones, man. I gotta say, I'm hyped for a lot of reasons, really. You know, it's Wine and Hip Hop Festival weekend. If you don't got your tickets, make sure you go get them right now, wineandhiphopfestival.com. But also, we're here at the release of all of these stories that we've collected all over France this past summer. You know, I was fortunate enough to get very rare access to Chateau Lafitte in a way that I'm almost certain no one else has experienced to this point. Immediately following the Wine and Hip Hop Festival, you will be able to check out our Tasted Notes from the Streets episode, Burgers in Bordeaux, where we went from Chateau Lafitte to the streets of Bordeaux, chopping it up with everybody about the influence of the American cheeseburger in France. Crazy. And then here we have my one-on-one interview with Saskia Rothschild, chairwoman of Chateau Lafitte, the youngest person to ever run a first growth chateau. Y'all know wine, y'all know how big that is. And if you don't know wine, think of them as top five dead or alive for arguably the most important wine-growing region in France. Now, I ain't say for sure, but arguably. This relationship and this interview has been a long time coming. I gotta give my credit to Chateau Lafitte. We started this conversation back in the fall of 2019. I figured sometime early 2020, I could shoot down to Bordeaux and do this interview in person. But then boom, COVID hit. And there was another significant moment that happened in the US with the tragedy of George Floyd that left the entire wine world looking at ways that they could try to support the black community and the black wine community overall. It was a moment and it's still an evolving moment where a lot of corporations took a look at themselves and thought about what am I doing towards diversity. Of course, I was sorting a lot of things out, but it was really during that time when I gave that much more credit to Chateau Lafitte because our conversation started way before this. So that's why this episode is called Bronx to Bordeaux. It's such a big deal for both of those areas, what those areas mean to both of their respective cultures between wine and hip hop, how they connect, how they admire each other. Shit, for a good part of this conversation, me and Saskia talked about Nas. She grew up listening to hip hop. And interesting enough, the abbreviation for Bordeaux was also BX. So we all got a lot more in common than we all thought. This entire team at Lafitte was so down to earth, welcomed us with so much love. There is no way that I can express my appreciation. I hope you guys enjoying this episode. Feel that. Enjoy the stories. Enjoy the good times. Take something away from this and go drink some Bordeaux. Without further ado, my conversation with Saskia Rothschild. Oh, thank you. I'm excited for this uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so to my hip hop community, I ask everyone, you know, if you could pick a rapper that embodies your style and your spirit, what rapper would that be? Wow, that's a difficult question. <laughs> We're just going to start it off like... <laughs> okay, start it <laughs> off. But, so no, I, my introduction to hip-hop, and, and we were mentioning this before, was uh, when I was a teenager. So when I'd say 96, uh, 97, 98, those years, and I have to say that the, the songs that marked me the most well, it was, of course, uh, Notorious B.I.G. It was uh, Wu-Tang, A Tribe Called Quest that I really liked, actually. <laughs> 
And then in those years, I have to say that there was one of Jay-Z's, I think it was one of his first songs, which was a, It's a Hard Knock Life. It's a hard knock life. Driving some of the hottest cars New Yorkers ever seen. For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block, singing the murder scene. You know me well. That was really, to me, like probably the song. I had a, a yellow disc man by Sony that you could carry and put your hand in. And I would listen to that uninterruptedly. We have some amazing wine here. Today, I brought the rhymes, you brought the wines. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what we're drinking. So Chateau Lafitte, I don't know how familiar you all are with it. The great thing about wine, and you of course know it, is us humans were a little, little part of the equation. Basically, most of the job is being done by nature. And so when we walk outside the cellar, we have this incredible hill that is gravel and uh, that is what makes Lafitte and what makes its identity. And Chateau Lafitte is always seen in Pauillac and in the first groves as the most delicate yeah. of the first groves. The most, maybe you have Latour and Mouton that can be a little bit more powerful. We are never in the sense of going into a wine of power. And I mm. think that's really the identity of Lafitte as being this like tightrope walker of a wine that's always looking for balance and always like, I always do the analogy of someone in a party, you know, Lafitte is not the first person you notice, but right. it will be the person you remember at the end of the night. Yeah. And I think that uh, that's really what, uh, what I love about this wine and I was educated to it. Since my early age, my dad taught us to drink wine very early on, <laughs> since, since, since I was nine or ten, doing a lot of blind tasting, a lot of uh, immersing ourselves in understanding the differences of wow. a vintage or another one, and that kept with me. I had a, another career, I lived in New York actually for two years, and then one day I lived in West Africa in Ivory Coast, wow. and then one day I came back to, to Poyac and uh, went back to school to study viticulture and enology and uh, since then been making wine here. Wow. Did you always intend to get into this side of the business? I don't think so. I really, I, what I wanted to do was write. I wanted to write stories. That's why I was, uh, I was a journalist. I worked at the New York Times for four years and uh, I've always wanted to tell stories and, and share the realities of what's happening around the world. And I think that in a way with wine, it, it came back to me because it's such an extraordinary family history and I felt I knew it and I felt that I could protect it. And I yeah. think that that's why I decided, okay, I'm gonna change my life. I'm gonna go from a very free life living around the world and doing a one-man band job to actually having the duty of pursuing a, a family history. So it's, it was a really difficult decision, but uh, I don't regret it. It's wonderful to take Lafitte into, into the next era because at the end of the day, you know, the time that I'll be here is so short compared to what the story mm. of this wine is. So that's it's true. very wow. humbling. That is very, that's a really interesting way to approach it, I have to say. I'm noticing Lafitte is getting out there. It's, it's extending into the hip hop world a little bit. <laughs> now, is it? It yeah. is. So we've been talking about doing an interview since uh, 2019. Recently, Nas mentioned Lafitte 
in a rap song, you know? And not just any rap song, it was Bath Salts. It's DMX's song on DMX's last album. Yeah, because he passed away shortly after. Yep, passed mm. away. And then you have DMX, Jay-Z, and Nas on one song, which has only happened one other time, actually. But what I read is that the rap that Nas had written, he had written before that, no? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I read. Ah, well, I read a little bit to okay, make sure that you I... Okay, me out. No, it's incredible to have all three wow. of them and to see the, the three different styles on it. And, and I think that the song is, as always, very about current events and talking, of course, about bath salts and the, the drugs, but also about just the aspiration of, of what one wants to do. And, and I think it's a, it's a very moving song. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like every time Jay-Z and Nas get on a song together, it's always like a very special moment in hip hop. Mm -hmm. Greatest rappers of all time. And then also like had this legendary feud. So it was, it's always such a huge deal. You know, it's so funny. I only realized actually recently both Jay-Z and Nas kind of reference things that like connect because Jay-Z's like, like a baron. All I need is a castle. Be my hell of a All I need is heaven. I don't want the hassle. God bless the child again, hold his own. And then, you know, Nas, I think that what well, that's one of Nas' best verses. Like he yeah. went crazy on that. After the first night at my place, she asked for the keys. It's my season, Garden of Eden. We Adam and Eve. Now we naked and sad. So Nas, he, he that mentions up. I ain't a pastor, Pastor Lafitte. Pastor Lafitte. Yeah. For me to hear a rapper use Lafitte with like such dexterity, it was he was so comfortable. You can tell it's, it, it wasn't like he was trying to drop something. Let me say this to impress mm. you. It was just, I'm not a pastor, Pastor Lafitte. To say that so easily, it really shows that he's engulfed and really enjoying mm. the wines. When you first heard that lyric, how did you feel? Well, I think it's, it, it's like everything. The fact that Lafitte is out there and is, has become an, a part of culture and of society, for me, it's the most moving thing because it's, mm. it's important. You know, what we're trying to do is convey a message of being a great wine and, and having a great story. So it coming to a song like this one, and as you say, it's such a great lyric. It, it's super fun. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's similarly uh, in 2017, Supreme, the fashion brand, I was walking in the street and I see someone with a T-shirt with a Chateau Lafitte label. I stopped, I stopped the guy on the street and I say, where did you get that t-shirt? And he says, it's Supreme. And I was like, what? And so, and Supreme actually took our label and made a t-shirt out of it that says Chateau Lafitte Supreme. What? Yo, you were putting me on all, all of the hip hop stuff. This is hilarious. I didn't and know and I was like, and they didn't even ask us. Wow. But at the same time, I think it's great, you know, right. I'm not going to sue them or yeah. do anything about it. I think it's great. I think it's great that a kid on the street has a t-shirt that says Chateau Lafitte Supreme. Maybe he didn't know even yeah. what Lafitte was about and now he does. And maybe in a few years when, when he has a kid and he wants to buy a great case of wine, he'll buy a case of Lafitte. So it's, <laughs> I think to me, it's a, a great accomplishment. Yeah. And, 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 and to me, rap is an absolute art and, and, and these, these lyrics and these songs and they are incredible. So I, I think that it's it's a real honor to be to be to be quoted in in, in such uh, in that such is, things and you guys really are a part of not just wine culture hip-hop culture <laughs> you know it's so funny uh like so what is what is that um what does that feel like for you to to walk in and just realize that um you know so many people just immediately associate lafitte with greatness you know 
What, what does that feel like for you? It gives us a, a huge responsibility, I'd say. It gives us, an, and, and I mentioned it before, it's, it's um, when, when I first started, started doing, doing, doing this job, to me it was, you know, it, it was always part of my life. I, I, I ran around this cellar when I was six years old and drove my bike and played hide and seek with my brothers, turning off the lights. So, you know, it's, when you grow up somewhere, it's like it, it, it's your, your day, daily life. But, right. but as you say, it's, it's also there's this, this daily life and this day-to-day -day thing. And then there's the image that it, it, it pervades. So it's, there's a, a real difference. The, the thing that, that is reassuring to me and, and the reason why I can actually sleep at night is that, as I mentioned, we're only small part of the fact that this wine is great. Right. And so we depend so much on nature that, you know, us as humans, we're not that responsible for, for the wine being great. That being said, it gives us a huge responsibility to make sure that we're protecting the balance and the, the habitat and the ecosystem that allows this wine to be great. So that's why, to me, uh, all the environmental approach that we have today of converting the vineyard to organic farming, of actually planting trees and, and, and recreating an ecosystem that, that can take us through climate change. That's my biggest fear is I want to, to be able to drink these incredible Lafitte and for my children to still drink wines that have the same balance and the same incredible taste. Mm, that's interesting. You know, I was actually thinking about this, like Lafitte, it, it has such a prestigious name and such a long-standing history. You know, how do you approach preserving history, but also thinking about the future and making sure that you are still connecting with people's palates of today? It's a great question. And I think we, we were lucky enough at Lafitte to never follow trends. You know, so in, in the wine history, there's always been trends. And most recently, the, the Parker years, everyone started making these very bold wines with a lot of oak, very strong. And the terroir of Lafitte, does not send you that message. And in a way, if you listen to what the terroir has to say, you can't follow a trend. You have to be the messenger of what the terroir has to say. So I think that's our best tool to not go too far in terms of innovating or in terms of, of going in a direction. It's actually listening to what the soil and our vines have to say every year. That being said, every year is different. So typically in 2018, 2018 was a very warm vintage. So the wine was very opulent. That's when we had to actually make decisions of, do we tell the story of the vintage or do we tell the story of Lafitte? You know? And so it's always a balance of how you pick the vats that are gonna be made into the vine and how the, the wine, how do, you, how do you actually be there to, to, to be a, a good filter towards, towards the message. And then in terms of innovation, it's really something that, that I think about a lot. It's, it's, of course, we do wine like we used to do in a way. We're very low intervention, but it's not about innovating. It's about being more precise every time. So that's my big objective in innovating is precision making sure that I exactly know my vineyard to know which part produces the best wine and cutting it out and separating it. So it's all about being as precise as we can in the vineyard. Wow, so how much time do you end up needing to spend in the vineyard just getting to know it that well? Well, mm. you ran around there place, <laughs> so you know it pretty well. Yeah, so now I, I actually live here. So I live across the street from Lafitte. I, I grew up, my, my father and my mother, when they come, they stay in the, 
in the chateau now I've taken my independence well I'm there every day you know and, and every day either I drive by or I run by because I, I do a little bit of running or I walk by I walk my dog and, and and that's what you need you need to see every single day how the vine is reacting and say oh it's incredible the leaves have grown really much oh the flower is at this stage oh the grapes are at this stage you need you need to be there and observe how, how the plots are behaving to actually know what to do. So you're really like a part of the wine. You really are just because it's like it's your neighborhood. You see something different on the street sign. You're like, hey, that wasn't there yesterday. That's really interesting because, you know, people think about wine. They think about prestige. They, they don't think about the fact that like this is just your community. And, and like, it's an agricultural <laughs> product, yeah. That's, that's so funny. Like, so do you think that rappers mentioning these prestigious wines um, uh, allows people to view wine differently? Like, for me, I think about, you know, I'd always hear rappers talking about certain cars and certain watches. So now in my mind, I'm like, okay, I want to get to the point where I can get that watch. It was always very aspirational in mm -hmm. a sense. So, you know, with them mentioning these types of wines, like, do you feel that might make them more approachable? I think it might, it, it might at least put them on the scene of things that people want to have. There's something incredible about the bottle of wine. You mentioned a car, a watch, or a bag. That, in a way, stays. You know, it's something that you own, that is tangible. A bottle of wine, you have, you open it, it's gone. That's it. <laughs> so that's what I think is magical about taking part of your paycheck and buying an expensive bottle of wine. And we have to say, it's true, it's a lot of money. But, uh, that's what I always tell my friends, you have a kid, you buy their vintage, you buy a case, it's yeah. a lot of money, but you put it in your cellar, or you, if you don't have a cellar, because most people today don't have a cellar, you store it and you open it when the kid is 18. Right. You open one bottle when the kid is 18, you open another bottle for another important moment in life, you open... And that's the most magical thing, you know, everything's going very fast, everything is, is reproduced. Wine is, is just this natural product that's coming from the soil and that is creating this incredible message that you can hear at different moments in your life. Absolutely. You know, and so I think that, that having it in a rap song might make a certain... Because people that love wine, like, like, like you, you're a perfect example, you become very nerdy about it, you become yeah. obsessed. There's this, <laughs> this level of, of passion that goes into it. it. It's such a strange world, you know? But I, I guess it, it will maybe get more people to look at this world and to understand what is behind it. That it's not just, you know, a bottle of Coca-Cola or beer, you know? It's, exactly. it's something that has a story, has a sense of place, because it depends on a place. And I think that's what, what we need. Yeah, and that's definitely what I, I try to communicate with everything that I do. And when people think Lafitte, people only think about iconic red wines. But, you know, you guys actually own several different properties, one of which is a Riasec. Yeah. That's a Sauterne. Completely different <laughs> from what we are drinking right now. I noticed like a rebrand with Riasec. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So Riosec is a, so it's a licorous wine, so it's, it's a wine that has more residual sugar in it, so it has a, a complete different taste. It's a wine that is incredible because you depend even more on the weather, because it happens because of something that we call noble rot. So first, that's an incredible saying, noble rot. Yeah. Some, a rapper should write a song about that. And once you have this noble rot, it creates this alchemy that makes this incredible juice that will become Sauternes wine. 
And so we have this estate, and I grew up drinking a lot of Rio Sec because my dad called it the wine of the kids. So we drank, drank a lot of it. And we were at the stage where the public and, and people who love wine drink less Sauterne. You know, it's, it's more difficult on the market to... And so we thought, uh, what, what can we do to try and, and change the image that it has? So, so as you mentioned, we rebranded it by changing the bottle. We went into also in, in terms of environmental impact, we went into a bottle that is 100% recycled glass. That is also a bottle that you can reuse afterwards. Oh, wow. And also that has a, a special cork that allows you to keep the wine for a month in your fridge. Mm. So basically we're taking it away from the wine world, more into the spirits world of, you know, you have it and, and you can just have a little glass of it. And it's such a magical taste and, and you can just carry it for further along than just one meal. Wow, that is really smart. I mean, bottle shape, you know, even uh, embossing the logo, like the crown, the bottle, yeah. you know, it's, it's all so cool, all so different. Even the shape of the bottle, everything is completely different from any other Sauterne bottle. Yeah. How long did that take in? What was the process and approach for, for the design? Were you thinking about a different type of client? What was your approach to that? Actually, what, what, what I did was work with someone who had never designed wine bottles. And I think that, that was the key to have, uh, to have someone who, who really had the distance to say, okay, we need to change the moment, we need to change the experience, let's all the cards are on the table, we can do whatever we want. And uh, she's actually a friend who has worked a lot for Hermès and for fashion brands, but also a lot for, for art. And uh, she took with her uh, these designers from Switzerland that usually design uh, either furniture or things. And, and, and they, they worked collectively. We did this during the COVID. So it was quite, quite funny because we did a lot of calls and <laughs> we were on Zoom calls trying to imagine this. And it was, yeah, it, was, it took us a year. Then there was in, it was in the middle of COVID, so you had to find the glass furniture, the cork, everything. So that was a quite difficult process. And the persons we had in mind is, is people that love good and beautiful things and that don't necessarily want the sacred image of a sauterne. They want something that they can open and drink and enjoy and, and have a good moment with. So it was yeah, imagining a different kind of, of collector and drinker of, of wine. That is really cool. It's time, y'all. The Wine and Hip Hop Festival is upon us. The culmination of this year of hard work and bringing these two worlds together. We got the Taste and Notes from the Streets finale, where we will have every pairing, past, present, and future. Jamaican beef patties and Pinot Noir to chicken and waffles and Prosecco. Down to a VIP room where you can enjoy the Tasting Notes from the Streets episode straight from Chateau Lafitte to the streets of Bordeaux. Sunday, we exploring the terroir in New York wine and New York hip-hop with the definitive New York State of Wine tasting, hosted by DJ Ralph McDaniels of Video Music Box. You know we getting into that era. You wasn't there, and you want to be here. Don't miss this wine and hip-hop festival this week. Go get your tickets. Tickets start at $15 and going. Remember, y'all, it's levels to this shit. I see you at the festival. That was what I really enjoy about Lafitte and you know just connecting with you guys to me it shows how connected we actually are like I mentioned we've been talking about the interview um, for several years now and this was before George Floyd and everything mm. got crazy so it's just it's cool for me to see how connected Lafitte is to diversity 
No, definitely. And I think in the terms of diversity and, and inclusion, it's absolutely uh, our duty to make sure that I think the wine world is less excluding and, and also that there's just not, not any, yeah, any like uh, considering someone because of where they come from, you know, and, and when you see the, the story of this guy, James, who was, who was <laughs> at the time, there's a lot of anti-Semitism in France and he was just seen as the, the outsider, you know, and I think so it's, it's really our, our duty to to be as, as, as inclusive as possible and it, it's a hard job for the wine world and, and it's going to take some time and there's a lot, of, a lot of work to be done. Definitely. And I don't know how you feel about it, how you yeah. see well, it. But. You know what, I think that I love the energy and the passion that the entire wine community has jumped behind around diversity. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like in the situation, sometimes people can be ignorant to things, right? And Ignorance ne isn't necessarily something that has to be offensive. Maybe they just didn't have the opportunity to learn this thing. They mm. weren't around it. So, you know, all you see is what's shown on TV, mm. the things that are presented to you, you know, and I'm from the Bronx, you're from Bordeaux. <laughs> you know? So it's like we, we saw completely different things. Exactly. But at the same time, you know, ultimately you have to be an open-minded person mm. and not everyone starts open-minded, but that mm. doesn't mean that they can't be open-minded. Completely. And I feel like, you know, especially people seeing like things like this and how cool we are, how cool we've been, you know, everyone here that we've met, things like this, people continuing to see that mm. is what is important. And I think that what will ultimately change things. Mm, definitely. You know? Well, let's uh, take a walk out. Head out. And then you have to sign our, our visitor's book. Ah, absolutely. I gotta think of something cool. <laughs> sign here. It's quite good. I'm the pastor, <laughs> Pastor Lafitte. <laughs> There's a bunch of names in here. Who else has been in this room? So, who do we... So, I mentioned the, the Queen of England. She's been here and signed the same book you have. We've had um, Andy Warhol who signed it. You know who I would really like to come? It's Barack Obama, but he's never been here. Ah. I invited him, I wrote him a letter asking him if he wants, because he loves wine. I just assume, I'm like, oh yeah, Barack. <laughs> no, 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 he's never been here. And uh, who else would we really, really like? No, there's been a lot of writers. Francis Ford Coppola was here, who was, was very cool uh, a few years back. He loves his vino. Yeah, he loves his vino, he loves his... Well, for me, The Godfather is the absolute oh. most incredible movie, so I was very, like, starstruck. <laughs> cool. So what rappers would you like to come and visit? That's a, that's a difficult question. I would actually love to, to have a, the room we were in and when we did the interview, you know, it has a really good acoustic. Mm. And we actually have um, this really like prodigy pianist who came and, and did a piano concerto in it and that was really incredible. So I think we could do a quite incredible rap uh, battle uh. there or just do something in that room that could be, <laughs> that could be quite fun. I would love to have Jay-Z come over, I, I don't know. Maybe one day. Oh Maybe. Yeah. I, th I think hope will be enough. What's your vision for the next 20 years of Lafitte? What we've talked about is, my objective is to leave the less impact possible on the story of Lafitte, to just be there as a passerby and as someone that can really protect the legacies. So what I'm trying to do here is really create 
an ecosystem that allows Lafitte to come into the next generation of how the climate is behaving. So that's why if you look here, there's like 300 acres of forest wow. and actually taking all that wildlife and bringing it back into the vineyard is one of the ways that we can make sure that this vineyard makes it into the future, whatever happens in terms of climate. So that's really one of the, the big things that we're doing. And then the, on, in terms of, of more, so that's talking about, about the product and the wine and, and keeping, keeping what we can do to make the best wine possible. And then in terms of who we want to be drinking our wines, it's, it, it, it's convincing the next generation of, uh, of Lafitte drinkers that this is like the most fun and incredible thing to open in, in good moments. Yeah. So it's how do we touch new people? How do we show that Bordeaux is not pretentious, that what we do is just an incredible craft that we want to share with people? So mm. That's really my objective. You know what's funny? I love what you mentioned about the softness of Lafitte. It's so defining and it's one of the things that I've never necessarily thought about. So hearing you mention that was, was really interesting. Like another thing I thought about was um, you are the youngest person to ever control any first growth property here mm -hmm. in Bordeaux. Like, what was that like for you stepping into those reins? I think what really helped me was that I had the chance of having a period of time where I worked with him. So that was really helpful because I had seen him work for many years, but then I could really shadow him and spend time with him to understand what, what, what he had done and what his vision was. And then I went to university to actually study viticulture and enology and, and learn how you actually made the wine. And I think that was really important that there may be some, some families or some people that say, okay, I'm, I just know about this, but, but I wanted to get the science. And I think that was really, really helpful to give me confidence. And then the other part is that it's, it's so much about teamwork and I have an incredible team. Yeah. And, uh, and some of them had known me since I was a child. So they had also trained me and taught me how to taste wine year after year. And, uh, and so it was kind of a natural, a natural process mm. to... And then also the fact that you grew up here and know everyone so well, even not just managing the property, managing the people, <laughs> you yeah. know, because it's the people that make the wine. And yeah. the culture here at Lafitte is so cool. Like I mentioned, we've been hanging out with the staff and everybody like the culture is so cool it's it, you can tell that uh, so much of that is just from good energy yeah and good energy and actually being here and uh, and and showing that you know i'm i'm up every morning working and uh, and and we're we're all in this together you know it's it takes uh, uh, a whole uh, a whole estate to make a bottle of wine and so it's it's, it's what's great it's it's that's some of these uh, people who are vineyard workers or the cellar master, Francis, maybe you'll have a chance to, to meet him. He pushed my pram when I was a little girl. So, yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> he knows so much more than I about Lafitte. And, and he always says, Lafitte is your wine, but it's my wine. And he right. feels like it's his wine too, you know? And so you have this sense of, of, uh, of ownership of everyone who works here. And who there's, there's some families who have been around for almost as long as mine, you know? Who, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, of brothers and sisters who work here, of couples, of, of, of people who had their parents, their grandparents who were working here. So for them, it's like, it's their wine too. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's cool that it's like such a family vibe. Like, you know, I'm sure you're super busy here. You work so much. Like, how do you spend your off time? How do you chill out? <laughs> 
how do I chill out? So now I have two young kids, so chilling out is, is, <laughs> a new, is, is past. So I used to chill out by... <laughs> so the good thing here is we were 20 minutes, uh, 30 minutes away from the ocean. So uh, I surf a little bit and mm. I used to surf more, but now I've gone back into it. Uh, and, uh, and so that's, that's very fun. And, uh, and also I love to cook. So oh, cook okay. and have a, have a good bottle of wine, have friends over. And so that's mainly what I like to do. So you tried some cheeseburgers in Lafitte? That's Sorry? A, you tried some cheeseburgers in You know, actually, the cheese, last time I had cheeseburgers was the day, the meal before I had my first uh, son, Isaac. Oh. So my last meal, we had uh, we made cheeseburgers here, cooked on the on the vine. <laughs> One of my best friends is named Isaac. Really? <laughs> that's, that's a good day. This is Respect the Producer. This has to be my favorite Respect the Producer episode. You know, so I always pair a wine producer with a music producer. Okay. So if I had to pair someone with Chateau Lafitte, I will go with DJ Premier. No way you'll never make it. Come with the weak shit, I break it. Step into my zone, mad rhymes will stifle you. DJ Premier is my favorite hip-hop producer. New York is the home of hip-hop. And when you think about a producer that has an iconic sound for New York, that is DJ Premier. When you think, what does New York sound like? You think DJ Premier production. When you think about an iconic producer in New York, that is Premier. He's the producer for New York. Fresh out the gate again, time to raise the stakes again. Fat my plate again. Y'all cats know we always play to win. Now when I think Bordeaux, I think Lafitte, you know, and for me, I do feel like you guys are definitely the most iconic producer out here. So congratulations. Well, and I mean, I love everything that you guys are doing. And uh, thank you so much for the invite. Again, this is like the invite of a lifetime. Thank you. We're so glad to have you. and. And we're gonna drink some wonderful wines now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, there you have it, guys. This has been another episode of Wine and Hip Hop. We'll see you next time. This was a moment in Wine and Hip Hop brought to you by Crew Love.